To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ain't the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers I ain't gonna lie, bro. I'm starting to think Jason Tatum a little overrated, bro. Like, I think they hyping him up just too much at this point. I don't know, bro. I don't. I don't think so, bro. I think I. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, bro. I mean, looking at four straight losses, you never know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my thing is, don't get me wrong. Like, I think Jason Tatum is a great player, and I think Jason Tatum has all NBA potential. But it's like. For instance, I know we, we Lakers fans and we may have that bias, but they act like Jason Tatum in a completely different league from Brandon Ingram, and I just don't see that. Like, you look at B.I.'s production, mm. what makes you think that Jason Tatum is so much better than B.I.? B.I. hasn't been rolling the past three games. B.I., when he's playing great, yeah, he's head and shoulders better than Jason Tatum. Oh, head and shoulders. Heads better. and shoulders. Wow. Uh. I mean, Jason Tatum is nice, but I think Jason Tatum more is a hybrid. But when you see B.I. playing the way he's played against the Pelicans last night. Uh, was that last night? Yeah, that was it. Last, last night, and you look at how he played with the Pelicans even when I saw him Saturday. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you just look at how he, you know, he, he gets his points. I mean, if B.I. is focused and he does what he's doing, nobody can touch it. Think, think about this. Think about if B.I. put on a little bit more weight. Think about the way that he's getting to the rim right now. He's able to use his, his length right now to get to the rim, and he's pretty much finishing kind of at will. But imagine if he had a little bit more size on him. Imagine, imagine what he'd be doing. You got to look at it, though, man. You know, you got two two Duke boys. You know, they both from Duke. You know what I'm saying? And I think with Tatum, I think you got to look at it as a whole, though. You know, I like the Lakers. You know, I love the Lakers or whatever. And I don't, I'm trying not to be biased with this, but I think it's it's deeper with them. You know what I'm saying? I think it's because they have a chemistry issues with the with the with the Boston Celtics. So I think that's what the chemistry is off. Nobody's really playing well outside of Kyrie, and I just I don't I can't really judge off can't be a prisoner of the moment. But I can look at last year when he was in the playoffs and he was going toe to toe, dunking on LeBron. You know I can look at that type of stuff and be like okay. That guy's for real, you know what I'm saying? So I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and say he's overrated, you know what I'm saying, and say B.I. is up head and shoulders, you know, better than him. I just think right now that team has some deeper issues than I think B.I. has more potential than Jason Taylor. 
I, I don't know. I This is what I will say with this whole thing. My whole thing of saying Jason Tatum is overrated is because of the gap that they're trying to put between him and a player like B.R., a player like Kyle Kuzma, or even a player like Lonzo Ball. Yeah. They act like they're in completely different leagues. Kyle, now. right up there, number-wise, is, is Jason Tatum. But let's go ahead and introduce the podcast. Yeah, Welcome right. to the Opinion Adventures Podcast, episode 32. The Magic episode. Shout out to Magic. You know, we need a deal by Magic, man. Yeah. Magic put us on. Shout out to Magic. Man, how y'all fellas doing with? I'm with Ramon, sitting to my side. Carlos on Skype from San Antonio with his taco meat out. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> close that up. Like, how y'all feeling, bro? How y'all feeling, bro? Hey, man, I'm feeling good, man. I, you, you look know, like it. Record, you look like late, it. man. You know, I got me a good shower in. I put my Ram silk robe on, man. Silk I'm man. ready to talk sports, man. You know, hey, I'm hyped, man. I'm not sure feeling I feel good, comfortable. Man. We might have to do this session without without me seeing you. Yeah, yeah but we feeling great, man. Yeah. A lot of stories. We was kind of leery of, of this week, but a lot of sports news dropped that we can cover. You know, things drop instantaneously. And I want to start off with the biggest story of today. Jason Witten came out of unretirement to play football. I mean, we all agree that he was a trash commentator. <laughs> I feel like his team was going to get rid of him anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, what do you make of it, man? I, I mean, I don't, like, his last year wasn't that effective to me. Yeah. I don't know. And he didn't look like he was in the best of shape in that yeah. booth. Yeah, my, my whole thing with it, man, I think that, honestly, it's past the time for him. I mean, We've already seen the best of Jason Witten, and we definitely know that. But you're talking about a guy, like you said, that wasn't really ultra-productive in his last season with Dallas. And so you take a year off, and then you try to get back into football shape, try to get back used to playing the game and all that again. And it's just like, I mean, it's Father Tom is undefeated, and that's the main thing for me. We know that. It's undefeated. And so it's just weird for me. Like you said, we know that in the booth, that wasn't his greatest shining moment right there. So it's it's kind of, you know, I'm going to break, <laughs> break up with you. I'm a break up with you before you break up with me. Yeah, I think thing. it was too. Because uh, he, he knew Booger was going to take his spot. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of one of those things, I think. But, I mean, we'll see what it turns into. Right. But Booger trash too, for the record. Alright, bro. I, I ain't gonna say he trash. Booger's bro. trash. I'm, I don't say he's trash. Yeah, I think he's yeah. okay. I'm on the side right? I can barely hear what I'm saying, but yeah, this is going up. Like, he was trash. I think he's okay. I ain't nah, gonna he's say garbage. he's trash. He's garbage. He's okay. Like, everybody don't want to be Tony Romo, but, like, that's Tony Romo's calling. Like, everybody trying to be, you know, Jason Witten, Tony Romo made it look so easy that Jason Witten <laughs> was, was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I can do that. I can and do he that. Got on there like, uh, man, <laughs> man, Jason Witt knew ESPN was going to get rid of him. He's like, man, let me go ahead and get these two, three mil right. from uh, Jerry Jones, you know, right quick. Loves you guys. I don't on? know, man. I don't like uh, – Jason Witt never been like a speed guy anyway, so he always been kind of head hands possession guy. So I think he still got a role. I mean, he's not going to be relevant as far as, like, big name or anything. And, you know, I think, you know, they offered him enough money. You know, they came – what, about five mil? To come back, you know, the money talk, man. I think the money talked to him, and I think, you know, he came back, and I don't think, you know, he's going to be anything special with this team, you know, going forward. I know people, Cowboys fans, was excited. I've seen people on my timeline talking about what, Super Bowl. Is, what's Sadiq like, said? Jason Witten. Hey, what's Sadiq said? 
Oh, yeah, my pops, he ain't, he, I mean, he was okay with it. He was, I mean, it ain't, like I said, I don't think nobody's too high, too low on it. He's, he's a realist about the situation. Other Cowboys fans, uh, you know, way too excited about this. Man. It's like, he was washed. I, I think when I look at it, to me, it kind of reminds me of the Antonio Gates situation, which wasn't bad, but also wasn't good either. So it's just like, I think like y'all saying, I think it's going to be one of them things that's just kind of like in between, but I don't really see like a major impact. I think what does help him is at least not a presence of Amari Cooper in that offense. So Amari is going to take a lot of that attention. You know, you still got Zeke in the backfield, plus Zeke you know, came more so out of the backfield this year and caught more passes. So, I mean, that'll help him out. Like you said, he's, a, I guess, another weapon, another target. But I think the other thing is, too, he provides veteran leadership in that locker room. And so I think that's one of the, the key things from it because when you look at the major talent on that team, it's still young guys at this point. So you bring in a vet and you can kind of look at it from a leadership perspective. So from a locker room perspective, there could be positives there. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you know, because sometimes when, when teams make moves like this, it's more like you said, like it's more to bring up the morale of the team. I think it was more like a leadership, like you say, a locker room move. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see. see we'll see. Up. We'll see how it happens. But I'm, I'm glad that the, the Cowboys was like, let's get Jason Witten out of the booth because he's, <laughs> he's really, you know, ruining – uh, the witnessing of of uh, football game experiences with his terrible com- color commentation, and he's a definite proof that color commentating is not as easy as it looks. Oh yeah, nah. You like Coach Gruden made easy. it look easy. Yeah, you know Tony Romo makes it look easy, yeah, but it's not, it's easy. not. They got Phil Sims out there. I didn't think Phil yeah. Sims was that bad, but they got him out of there. Fast. Yeah, you could do it, bro. Color commentating. Might have to try that out one time, bro. We just like turn on a game, bro. Just put that mug on mute and just just let you go, bro. I don't know, cause I I'm the type that like forget that I'm color commentating. Just, <laughs> just, just be zoned yeah, in. Yeah, just be watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> the game yeah, it'll be like two, three minutes. I ain't saying anything. Wait, 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 what's going on? People thinking that TV's on mute cause they ain't hearing nothing coming through. You could do it. You the one with the with the media uh, degree. Yeah, it's possible, bro. It's possible. Mass comm degree. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do it though, bro. I don't. I don't know if I want to do that. What you think, Los? I think you can do it. No, I'm talking about you. I ain't talking about me. <laughs> oh, me? Nah, man, that ain't for me, man. I'm not. I'm not. I can't be politically correct, man. I think I, I could be. A, I think I'll be the uh, the uh, the commentator, like that goes do play by play, like he gets the ball, he puts it up. Yeah, pastor. So I think I could do that, but I don't no, know. I could be the other guy. I gotta be the other guy. Yeah. I, if yeah. I do it, I gotta be the other guy. Just like just just kind of talking and then spitting yeah. the facts, doing it and like, oh, this. Yeah. Like of, Mark Jackson, <laughs> like your uncle Mark Jackson. Huh? Oh, he talking about you, Los. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my uncle Jackson. <laughs> uncle Jackson. <laughs> uncle Jackson. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, I think that. Jason Witten, we'll see what he does. So, how many catches you think he get over and under uh, 20? <laughs> now, I ain't going to do it like 30. Him, I can see him at about 40. So, you got over 30. Yeah. Loves what you got over under 20 catches. 
Over. Easily. His last year, he did he did 63 catches, 560 yards, and five touchdowns. He hasn't had anything close, except his first year, was as low as amount, was 35 catches. Well, I, beyond that, beyond that, he's had at least over 50 catches, you know, okay. and I think he gonna have that easily okay. over that. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this podcast interesting. I'm gonna say under 20 catches. Under 20? Because of injury. He's been out for a year. He's not oh, in football shape. Yeah. He's gonna get hit every play. He, whether he's blocking, whether he's catching a pass over the middle, so I think because of injuries, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to say under twenty catches. Yeah, that's yeah, low. that's low. That's Maybe low. I say that's, you saying that he basically under, under than one catch per game under forty catches under because 40. of injury. Okay, that, that I could see that. Okay, that's bold, man. I mean, it ain't bold because of injury. That, I mean, it's only take one hit, and he he's, he's already durable, man. He got gray hair. Like he don't look like he's an athlete anymore. And to think that he's going to come back on the field. And I, I didn't think Swain for Dallas was that bad to where they had to go and get Jason Witten. I'm telling you, I think it, it's more of just that locker room presence, honestly. Yes. I think that that's kind of really the main yeah, thing. And that, then, that leadership that, yeah. like they said, like Cowboys fans said, this is about to get them to the Super Bowl. Right? This is that, that one move that's about to do it for them. And ESPN make a lot of moves. They make a lot of moves under the radar, too. So, I mean... I mean, yeah, so, I mean, they might already have informed him that they probably not going to have him back. Yeah, so he's he's like, well, right, so, I mean, I could could definitely see that happening, because they was on the hush-hush when they brought him in. I thought him bringing him in was weird, and, you know, you know, looking at it, the fact that they had Booger doing color, uh, color commentation as well, but had him on the field, like, like, that's something that's so, like, transcending or something that's so creative. You know, it kind of showed that they didn't trust Jason Witten as a color commentator. And we talked about it on a couple of pods. And we keep telling the listeners, keep listening to us, because we predict this stuff. Remember when we was discussing that about Booger and Jason Witten yeah. and, the, and the tug of war with it? You know, it seemed that times Jason Witten would be lost in the sauce. And you wouldn't hear from him for 10 minutes because Booger taking over. He'd be like, is Booger calling this game or is Jason yeah. calling this game? So, you know, I, I think it might have been some under table stuff. And he's like, man, what am I going to do? And then Jerry called him. He might have called Jerry and been like, look, this is what's going on. He's like, well, I'll bring you on the team. I'll pay you five mil out of my pocket, out of my bank account. And then, like, Jerry can't do it. So, I mean, I think it was that situation. But, I mean, is it going to make them transcendently better or significantly better now? Yeah. Yeah, so. In other NFL news, it looks like Antonio Brown is going to be on the shop with yeah. LeBron. And the clip that came out said that, you know, he, he was a six-round pick. And he's a you know now he's now that he's making another move he's a distraction, as he's talking with this blonde mustache on his face. It's clearly not distracting me from taking him seriously. Along with the purple and blue dreads that he have on his head, it's not distracting at all. But <laughs> neither here nor there. Do you think that Antonio Brown is being targeted? Do you think that he is a distraction? I mean, I- absolutely, absolutely, bro. A distraction, bro. We always we touched on this a couple times. Like at this point, man, like he just sometimes, like you know, the story I told on a couple podcasts ago, man. Like some players and players and your team may see that stuff. You know what I'm saying? When you act with that type of stuff and you having no sideline 
Um, you going and getting into it with your coaches on the sideline, that type of stuff. Your team may see that stuff. And when you even when you take a second to think about and you doing that stuff, you distracted on what you need to do when you get on the field. You know, it's a distraction, man. It messes up team chemistry. Team chemistry is an underrated thing, man. I think he is a distraction. I think, believe it or not, he's a great player. I love it. And I love him. You know, and I think he's good. But I think when you become a distraction, you think you're bigger than the team, it's time to move on. Yeah, no, I do agree, man. I do think that um, that he's definitely a distraction. Um, he's a distraction that I would take on my team, but um, that's enough. But no doubt, he definitely is a distraction. Um, but I, I do think that things in Pittsburgh as a whole are just toxic. I mean, it's not just limited to AB, but to just answer your question, yes, I, I definitely think he is. He's one of those, once again, diva wide receivers, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to, to – he, but he's had 100 receptions for the past, like, five seasons. Yeah. Um, he had, what, seven touchdowns this past year? Hmm? No, 15. 15. 15. Okay. Now, you remember he led the – Yeah. almost had a whole debate yeah, about that. Um, yeah, he did. Um. Uh, yeah, 15 touchdowns this year. He led the league in, in touchdown receptions. I mean, I mean, he's, I don't know. I mean, when you're that good, you you, <laughs> you can get a lot, you can get away with a lot more than somebody that isn't good. So, for me to say he's a distraction, uh, just like I said a couple podcasts ago, would, would allude to him being the cause of the Steelers being in disarray. And I think that they have a couple more things going on. And, you know, I was re- really adamant about how they handled the Le'Veon Bell situation. Um, him and Ben don't get along. Him mm-hmm. and him and Tony. So, and Juju is, is low-key a distraction, too. So, I mean, it's a lot of, uh, they have a lot of personalities over there. Uh, and then, I, I love Coach, but how much, how much blame could it be on him? You know, like how much, like how much, I, I, I mean, cause you know, his job is to, ma- is to manage all of that. Now, could he control Antonio Brown going on uh, Facebook live or whatever, Instagram yeah. live when he's making a speech? No, yeah. but I mean, I, I, I think to an extent he can, but I still feel that, um, on another part of it, it, it still comes at the top from the top of the organization from ownership. And then you look at a GM, I mean, you look at the comments that the GM made completely backing everything that Ben Roethlisberger does and how he has the ability and said he can call out anybody he wants to. Basically said it's Ben Roethlisberger and what, like 52 other kids that he got to worry about. Like, first of all, referring to the other players as kids, I think that's ridiculous. But, um, so I think it's it's something that, that Mike Tomlin can, can get a handle on, but it's still, when you got... GM and owner and stuff feeling a certain type of way. I I don't know how much he can totally do. And I mean, he's tried to discipline AB. He handled the AB situation in the season and let him basically know you're not going to be bigger than the team in this moment. So you're not going to be able to call your shot and come to me Saturday after you've been missing practices and then all of a sudden say, I want to play. So I think he's tried in certain situations, but I think that his hands still are somewhat tied. But that's just me. Yeah, I think you can't put that much blame on Mike Tomlin. You know, he just pretty much dealing with the hand he dealt. You know what I'm saying? You got your best player, you know, who's disgruntled. You know what I'm saying? You got the best top two running back in the game that wants to be paid. 
you know, he doesn't control the contract. So, I mean, you can't really put it on Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin can only do so much what he needs to do and can only do what's in his right and his power. And, you know, he did the right thing with Antonio Brown sitting in that game. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, I mean, I think, I think you know, when you got your best player disgruntled, you know what I'm saying, and then your best player and your running back are good friends, you know, and then that, that's, that type of stuff, your top two players are disgruntled. That type of stuff is just kind of – it's toxic for the whole team, you know what I'm saying? That's just like right now, you know, with any team, you know, you look and you see the te- the top two players disgruntled, it's going to be a problem going forward with the whole team. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, bro. It just completely affects everything for your team, everything for your organization. Um, and so it's to the situation of kind of what we mentioned before. I think Pittsburgh really has to look at themselves in the mirror and reevaluate and say, Hey, do we do a reboot on this? Do we retool everything? And it's seeming we know that Le'Veon's going to be out the door. Everything is pointing, obviously, to AB being out the door at this point. So, you know, I think that the that the team um, kind of needs to go in the direction of somewhat of a rebuild. But it's still weird because they continue to put all their eggs in the basket of being Roethlisberger. Um, when, to me, he's not an elite enough quarterback at this stage of his career to be doing that. But, you know, that's just my... Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's interesting. And uh, it's just been a soap opera with the Steelers. I think that, in my opinion, like the Cowboys is always, it's always drama in Dallas. And then, you know, recently it's always drama in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, the team has made it clear that they're moving away from Le'Veon and AB, which I predicted. And, you know, you know they think that Juju is good enough to go forward with. So, you know, it's interesting to see going forward what's going to happen. Uh, but we can't act like Ben has had his own drama with his I'm considering retirement every year yeah. since for the past like three or four years. So it's interesting to see going forward what will happen. I do think that Pittsburgh will decline with AB's performance and Le'Veon's performance not being there. So we'll see. Where I think AB ends up though. I know what Ramon gonna say, but I think he he you know the 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 team came out and they said that you know they'll hate to trade it to somebody. Preferably they want they don't want to trade it to somebody that um, they gonna have to play. Yeah. But they said if the offer is good enough, they may have to do that. So meaning he may be somewhere in the AFC. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him go somewhere in the AFC, you know. Um, but I can definitely see the Forty ers man. It's just it's just lined up perfectly. To have, like I said before, they have the money. They had the assets to make it happen. Yeah. If, if not, if not San Francisco, and, and you know I agree with you completely, a hundred percent, Lowe's. But uh, for podcast purposes, you know I could really see him ending up with the Raiders as well because the Raiders have a lot of capital as well. Mm-hmm. They have the draft capital to trade for him, and you know they also have the cap space to pay him. So I mean that's a, that's a good landing mm-hmm. spot, you know. Um, I said, you know, alluding to even what Los was saying, um, of course they would most likely prefer to get him out of the conference, so they wouldn't want to deal in the AFC. But like I said before, if the Colts want to make it happen, it will happen. Uh, We we have the the cap, obviously most cap space this you know summer or whatever by by far really in the league, but this off season or whatever. But also too. The draft capital, like I've spoken of, and what helped so much was the trade that we made with the Jets last year. And I, 
you see, you know, not alluding to too much draft talk, but you see now the Jets talking about maybe trading out of the three spot, probably trying to regain some of that capital that they lost last year. But if the Colts really want it to happen, it will happen. Um, it's just the difficulty of, of course, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers likely not wanting to trade him within the conference. Um, if he goes outside of the conference to another, you mentioned the 49ers, so I won't say that. You mentioned the Raiders, so I won't say that. Um, but I think that the Green Bay Packers could be another uh, hmm. spot, a potential landing wow. spot. A-Rod and A-B. A-B, you still got your boy, well, I can't think of his name, Devontae Adams Devontae over there Adams. as well. Um, that could be a serious force over there. Mm. Yeah. I never thought about him to the Packers. Yeah, that's crazy. So, what do y'all feel about, how do y'all feel about, not to get ourselves in trouble, but we have to be, we have to be real about it, but how do y'all feel about females playing football, man? <laughs> the reason, I, the reason why I asked, the reason why I asked, I'm not one that always take the, <laughs> take the heat because I go in. Y'all, y'all can't shy away from, y'all not about to shy away from this. Oh, no, no, we don't shy away, bro, just. I don't know, man. Y'all, y'all been going kind of soft the last couple of episodes. I've been going out on a limb by myself, bro. Nah, I'll say this, though. I'll say this, though, right? Um, but let me, give it, I, I, let me get a listener's little background before I get The reason why I say that is because uh, history's been made. You know, uh, Central Methodist uh, offered a female uh, a non-positional uh, scholarship to play uh, Tony Harris, which she'll be the first female, you know, female football player that's not a kicker. So that's why I ask, how do y'all feel? I mean, shout out to her for breaking down barriers. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we, we opinionated, so we got to keep it real. So I just want to know, what's y'all opinion on females playing football? So I talked about this before, you know. Uh, we talked about that. You know, I couldn't honestly... I don't feel right being able, being, I wouldn't feel right hitting a female, you know, as we grew up, we grow up as a, and we taught as a male, you know, to never put our hands on a female, no matter what, you know, those type of things, Um, and I just wouldn't feel right if I had to tackle her or run her over, you know what I'm saying, I just wouldn't, it just wouldn't sit right with me. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, and I'll say this, I think it where should to, be. Way to get your female fans up, Lois. <laughs> no, no, that, that's good. I just don't feel right yeah. doing that. But I think it should be, it should be a fair shot, but I think they should have their own league. You know, just how it has women's basketball and men's basketball, they should, if they're going to do that, they should go all out and try to build some type of small, smaller league and start from there and build from there. You know, I don't think it should be something that that's played together, you know, um, just a man, just how a man is built, you know, a man is built to be stronger, you know, to have more than those things, to do those things, you know, that's just how, you know, the Lord has built us, you know, God has built us, you know, and I think, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages to that, you know, um, and I think that could, that could ultimately hurt, you know, just like you look, you know, and I, all I can talk about is my background in the military, the military, the women in the military, Yes, there's both women and men, but they have a different standards when it comes to our phys- physical training test. Their their standards is just not as high or um, as tough as the men, you know, rightfully so. Um, and it's just this, this, I mean, let's be real. I don't, I think the world is getting soft, 
you know, when we talk about these type of things, oh, that's not fair, let's be fair, and this, that, and the other, but there's a realness to this, too, you know, that we need to talk about, and it's like, I don't think, you know, it, it, it's even playing field when it comes to athletic abilities. Now, there's pretty athletic women out there, but I don't think that um, it'll be fair if you put a woman and a man next to each other and, you know, who's going to be stronger, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that'll be fair. Um, my whole take on it is I, I don't think you should blur those lines. And the reason why I say that is because you open it up, in my opinion, for a double standard. And why I'm saying this, there's plenty of guys out there, let's just say, that are really good basketball players that won't be able to make it either to the college level or let's just even use the NBA for an example. But we know that those guys could, I don't want to hate to say it this way, but could play in the WNBA. Let's just say a guy that's a good good college basketball player that can't make it to the NBA because he's not quite there but could play in the WNBA. They're not going to allow that. That's not going to be okay. So it's like flipping it. I understand it's different in a sense, but I'm just saying that's creating a, a double standard in a sense there. I don't feel that you should blur those lines. You have, like Los was saying, set up a league for that or set up something different for that or, you know, figure that out. But if it's not going to be able to where you can cross everything, which I never want to see happen, I never want to see that be the case, then I don't feel that this is something that should become a trend, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, I'm inclined to agree with, with both of you guys, uh, but you know we all have different perspectives. The reason why I agree with you guys, uh, you know, in a sense, I don't feel like you know, she should be out there because I know that if I was to go out there right now as a man to play football, I probably would get hurt because I'm just, you know, physically I'm just not, you know, able to do that. So imagine a female who's like half the size of of, of everybody out there. I mean, I just think that it's dangerous for her to be out there. Uh, I heard she hit that safety. She playing safety. She hit. She say that. She said that she won't, but there's a lot of injuries and safeties yeah. who, who hitting. Yeah, you yeah, know. No, I know, I know, I know. I but know. I, I just don't see it. She said she want to be in the NFL. I mean, these guys are stronger, tougher. These guys are getting bigger and bigger. When we, when we talked about it on our podcast, when we evaluating these draft, draft prospects, when you got defensive ends running four fives now, yeah. crazy. at you know at at two two fifty two hundred plus pounds. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, I don't think that it's it's, it's healthy. I don't think that it, it it's good. I don't. I I just don't. I just pray she doesn't get hurt. And it's not because she's a female. We're just looking at stature. I would go out there and get right. hurt, you know. And I'm a man, you right. know what I'm saying? It's like so, like it's just, you know. It, I think that it's very dangerous. And you know, she says she has a dream of playing for the Seahawks uh, in the NFL. I think that. Teams at this point are signing her just to make a statement or just for the, you know, clickbait. But, I, you know, just like Lowe say, if that's the case, why not just make a make a league for these women? If they desire to play a sport, you know, so where they can play on on even even terms. And that's how all of our opinions tie in together because, you, you just like you said, you know, it ain't like a man can go in the WNBA. People are like, oh, that's unfair. Yeah. So, you know, it is kind of a double standard. So, I, I you know, I just – I hope she don't get hurt. That's why I'm going for it. I, I mean, she played high school football and didn't. I, I hadn't heard of any yeah. I, I didn't hear about her until this point. Yeah. But I mean, 
I mean, like I said, it's it's football, you know. People get hurt, you know. It's not like she's going out there playing basketball with guys, you know. I was, I'll be, I'm surprised that football is the first sport to really kind of do that, you know what I'm saying? Because basketball not as physical as football, you know. But it's football, and like I said, we all have our lanes, you know what I'm saying? And I understand that, you know, you want equal, you know, stuff, but you look at it, I'm not about to go play, you know, with, you know, some 13-year-olds or some teenagers. Or, I you know did. What I'm I was playing basketball with some 13-year-olds of the day. I was, I was balling. I ain't taking it easy on them. I ain't going to do my I was like, whatever, man. I'm about, to, I'm about to get buckets and eat, man. Yeah, but, yeah, I feel what you're saying, Los. I agree. I agree. We all collectively agree on something. That's great. But, um... In other news, man, sad news. We should have started off with this because I, I, I wanted to have fun, but we can't go any further without talking about Robert Kraft. <laughs> man, like, the news keeps getting better. But, you know, just to be serious for a second, you know, uh, just, you know, talking about the, you know, of course he got caught. For the people that don't know, I mean, he got caught uh, in, I guess, you know, soliciting mm-hmm. uh, sex with the uh you know we're paying for sex or whatever or for a sexual act and he stated in these reports that he's being charged but there's other reports that saying that he may be a he may be a part he may have known that where he went was part of a sex trafficking sting uh which we don't know that and i you know i hope that's not the case allegedly yeah allegedly when you know hopefully you know he did not know but you know, I think there's a black cloud over the Patriots organization when when your leader is is, is in some hot hot grease like right now. But we wait no more details to come out. But initially, is more of a big deal made of it than it should have because if he didn't, I mean, let's let's take the sex trafficking aspect of it because if he if if he was is he if he's being implemented in knowing about sex trafficking. Uh, stain that is filthy. Yeah, if he's funding, that's, if yeah. that's if that's the case, that is is that's, just completely disgusting. That's terrible. Yeah, you know, just dealing with you know you know funding sex slaves. You know these girls don't, don't have really a choice. But I want to take it back from the initial report on him just paying for a sexual act, which is legal in Vegas. You know, but I think that it's being made more of a big deal because of who he is and his stature, but. You know, I like to think that someone who's as famous as he is is not a poet or not funding a sex trafficking scheme. I I don't know, man. I I a lot of that I like to kind of reserve even judgment, you know, until mm-hmm. I hear everything and know right. everything and all the facts are presented. Um, I can't really judge it one way or the other to say that he did it. Or he didn't do right, it, really, to be honest. Because it's like, you know, there's... All the details now. Yeah, all yeah. the details aren't out. And the thing about it, man, you'd be shocked by a lot of things that, that people do mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't know those people on that level or you're not seeing what's going on behind closed doors. So it's like, you know, of course I'm not going to automatically just say he's guilty and say that he did this and did that when, of course, we don't know all the facts at this point. Um, but I'm also too not going to be to the point where I'm like, well, it's, it's not possible that he did it. Um, if it is to what you were talking about, the whole sex trafficking thing like that is 
completely that that's awful. Man, that's terrible. It's um, a sad time to be named Robert right now, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a bad yeah, time, bro. Right. Like from R. Kelly to Robert Crab to like gotta go by Rob, bro. Yeah, I'm going by Rob, <laughs> man. Just call me Rob, bro. Like it, it's bad for us right now, but. Lowe's, what you think about it, man? I think, uh, you know, I've been, I, I, I think, unfortunately, you know, that's something that we all kind of, you know, need to be aware of um, because, uh, not to take this deeper, but, you know, I think these rich people in the sex trafficking whole ordeal is bigger than what people realize mm-hmm. because of these bigger name people like Robert Kraft. And, you know, these people that are millionaires, billionaires are involved in this, you know? And I think that's why their money is keeping this hidden. And I think this is a whole operation that's going on, and it's coming bigger than drugs, you know what I'm saying? Drugs Mm -hmm. used to be the biggest issue, but now sex trafficking is the biggest issue. And the only reason that, you know, it's not really being talked about like it is because these bigger-name people like Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft is the, the biggest name to really get caught with this situation. And as you can see, he's a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? So I think that this is something that people should start taking serious. You know, even in the Louisiana, Baton Rouge, uh, Baker area, we've seen a lot of women and stuff coming up, you know, missing. You know, and I think it's feeding into that same situation of, um, you know, sex trafficking and things of that nature. And I think there's a whole system going down that, you know, that needs to be exposed, that needs to be really looked at and taken serious. But, you know, I think... He knew what he was doing, and he heard, you know, where he was going. This wasn't something he just popped up and was like, oh, yeah, you know, I know you guys don't want to speak on it, but I can at least give my opinion on it. And I think he knew exactly what was going on, where he was going, and what he wanted, you know. And the word was he did this the same day of the championship game. So in his mind, he was like, oh, I'm going to go get this sexual act before this championship game, or I'm sorry, this AFC championship game, enjoy myself, you know, and then go watch a game. And so, I mean, you know, he, he got caught. You know what I'm saying? He Anyone. Got caught, but, you know, I think, Let you know, do, do, we think, do we think he going to serve time? No. I mean, then we know it. You know what I'm saying? He's rich enough to buy the best lawyers, but if he, if he, if he, if, he, if, he, if they're able to prove that he had knowledge of a sexual trafficking scheme, I mean. Now, I could be wrong, but did they say that it was like more than once too that like, yeah, it was, it was yeah, more than so once. Was, yeah, but I mean, it may look like, like he did it once and then he doubled back because it was yeah. good. It's so, yeah, I mean, yeah. right, it, it's some something more details gonna right come out. Yeah, like yeah. we'll we'll figure out the 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 total and complete severity of it, but something ain't good there. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, we know the good robber. Yeah, the good robber. Hey man, it's been a tough week for me, man. It's been a tough couple weeks for me. Um, so uh, yeah, that that maybe NFL heavy. Any, I guess we touch on the NFL draft now. Uh, check out, uh, follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers. We on uh, IG. We're going to drop our first top ten mock draft. Rankings of the year tomorrow, right, guys? We dropping yeah. it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah so, so make sure you yeah. check that out. Uh, I guess it'll, we'll it'll do... be out too, though, when they when they listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, you know people listen to us late. Um, no shade, but uh, <laughs> so let I mean let's talk about I guess the top. Let's talk about the top two. 
Let's get him something to anticipate. Top two. Okay. Jerry Bosa, number one. Nick, 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 Nick Bosa, man. Same thing. Same thing. You just throw, throw a random name on somebody. <laughs> Nick, you just throw a random name. All right. But, I mean, he's been the undeniable number one pick for a while now. Even with him being hurt during the college, he didn't he even play. He was just like, peace. Like, once yeah, he got hurt, he was yeah. like, I ain't no sense in trying to come back. I'm out of here. Right. So, I mean, is there any more left? I mean, that's unanimous, like. His explosiveness, his strength, his quickness. And they say he's better than his brother. Yeah. And his brother's a monster. So, yeah. I mean, that says a lot. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Uh, Who do y'all compare I him think, to? I don't think you can compare him to anybody. I think J.J. Watt, maybe. Wow. Yeah. I yeah, think, that's what I was thinking. I think J.J. Watt and his brother. I mean, I think the, the combination, like, right there, I think that's him. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to compare him to, maybe J.J. Watt. But J.J. Watt is so fragile. And JJ Watt, JJ Watt's more dominant. Uh, then I guess you know I guess explosiveness goes into it, but I think that Bosa is more like athletic, like you know potentially you know depending on how much he works on his craft, can it could be potentially you know more athletic than than uh than JJ, you know quicker than JJ, like you know quick off the block than JJ, like. I mean, I mean, could he be like a Aaron Donald? Los? No, I, no, Aaron Donald's in the whole field of yeah. himself. Just because it's Aaron Donald is small, and it's hard to get your hands on him. You know, when you look at you look at Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa, he, he, like I said, he that he has the size. He's the bigger guy, and he can move like a tight end. You know, at his size. So I think um, I think that's what makes him special. You know, what I'm saying coming off the edge, you can put him up the middle. You know what I'm saying? Just like they mix it up with J.J. Watt where you got to prepare for Nick Bosa because you don't know where they're going to line him up because he can literally get to the quarterback from wherever, you know, they line him up. On the outside, the inside, you know, mm-hmm. he has the power of the size to, to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, something else that, you know, we can, you know, that we're supposed to be dropping this week, you know, we're going to – well, not this week. Actually, tomorrow you guys will probably see – is uh, with the combine coming up, you know, um, we're going to do our top five players to watch for at the NFL combine, um, the combine all this weekend. So, you know, you guys be looking for that, double tap that, you know, uh, because uh, we got some, uh, this is fun times, you know, we're going to beat that that 40 time, we're going to put up the most reps. You know, that's always interesting to see these next stars coming in. And plus, last year we guessed a lot of what happened with the rookies and everything. With uh, Darius Leonard and everything, so man, we we be on it, man. So make sure that you keep close tabs. And then our exclusive, just complete draft NFL draft episode is coming too. So you know it's a special time. Make sure you follow us on O underscore Benchworms on IG and Twitter. So <clears throat> with that second pick, <clears throat> the second pick of the NFL draft, I think we collectively agreed that. Uh, Josh Allen, outside linebacker yeah, from Kentucky, exactly. will be that pick. So we, we we basically collectively agree that San Francisco has been working on that defensive end of the ball for some years with that signing of uh uh why can't I think Richard Sherman, you know, with that drafting of they traded up to get well they traded they know they traded up 
No, they traded away their pick, but they ended up getting who they wanted anyway, and Dexter okay. Solomon. Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas. What the? Boy, you gonna get this? I don't know. Dexter right? Solomon. Who is Dexter Solomon? But at least I always get the last name right. Combining Solomon Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, all that. But look, I always get the last name right. But uh, yeah. So I mean, they 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 have obviously made the defensive end of the ball their priority. So I mean that's why we feel we feel as though uh that Josh Allen could be that you know that guy. So I mean, do y'all want to discuss Josh Allen in in more detail for those who don't know who Josh Allen is? Um, Josh Allen. I mean, the thing thing with him is we really saw him explode really this year in college mm-hmm. football. He's a name that honestly I'm gonna be honest I didn't know much about until this year at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we saw that Kentucky program take off and mm-hmm. he was just dominant as far as getting to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, want to say that he led the SEC in sacks this year. Um, you talking about an All American, first team All American. Uh, want to say he he won several of the the postseason defensive player of the year. Awards, um, and he's just another one of those prototypes in in this league in which you know it's a premium to have a pass rusher, and that's his thing. He can get to the quarterback. That's his thing, and so um, that's why his value is going to be tremendously high. We've seen you know the Miles Garretts of the world and all of that come out and be the number one, number two, all that pick. So um, I think that's mainly what you're getting from him is just a guy that can get after the quarterback consistently. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, I think he, if Nick Bosa wasn't in this draft, you got to be talking about him as a number one pick. Um, I think this draft is heavy, you know, and you're going to see in the first, like, 15 to 20 picks, you're going to see how many defensive players go in this draft. Um, so you think it's a very defensive draft this year? Defensive yes, heavy defensive line draft that, mm-hmm. you know, is going to be heavy. Um, and I think more of the offensive players, uh, going to be a little lower, you know. We're going to have a few quarterbacks that go. Um, running back is not going to be, you know, you might have yeah, one that high. goes first yeah. round. Yeah. What's that? That's, I was just saying it's not too high no. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Class. You got maybe one, Jacobs from um, yeah, Alabama. From yeah, yeah. He may be the only one that goes and he first round. Late. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be interesting, though. I mean, this, you know, we always have those people that come out of nowhere after the NFL combine. People fall in love with that 40 time, man. That 40 time, <laughs> people just love to fall in love with. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you and, know. And really, like, when you look up. at it, this brings up an, inter- they brought up an interesting point. But it's not that many successful people in the league that has had the best 40 time. When you look at the best 40 times. Uh, of the NFL in history, it's not that many. You know, we, John Ross ran a, a, a top five. Uh, you know, forty. And, yeah, you know, his yeah, his career. Yeah. You know, he's very young, but I mean, it hadn't been too high. The only one I could really look at that that had a career until he got hurt was Chris Johnson. Yeah, yeah, big time. You know, so how much you know? Uh, Archer Dre Archer ran a, a great forty time, and I think he ran a four two. Where is he now? I don't know. I mean, yeah. he might be in the league, but I I don't know. You know, bottom line, you got to pair that forty time with skill. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, I'll take a corner that runs a four five four six. You know, that's six yeah. two. You know, and that can really really cover. Like, I'll take that. You know, but I think that you know, just like you alluded to, Lowe's, I mean, I think too much weight is is waiting on that forty time. Something that they'll never run ever again in their life. 
Yeah. To me, look at the film, man. Look at the film. The film is not going to lie to you. Now, I know that the speed of the game is greater, you know, once you get to the NFL. But bottom line, man, film is film, especially, too. We have the bias there, but when you see certain players, even, too, producing at the SEC level, mm-hmm. you know, they're facing NFL-caliber players, NFL-caliber speed and all that week in and week out. And so, you know, to me, like, I mean, a 40 can really shoot up somebody's draft stock, but... To me, if, if the film is not matching, then it, it shouldn't do that. Now, the one thing I will say for a guy like John Ross, the reason why he shot up, because the film did match. And what he was doing at Washington was he was explosive. Yeah. He was yeah. dominating the game in so many different ways. And, and he was coming along as a punt returner, kick yeah. returner, all of that. So it's like, but to me, you just can't, like you said, too much weight it is put on that. And you see somebody that runs... Not a good 40, you know, like y'all mentioned, like, your, let's just say your Richard Shermans or, you know, off air. I think we had talked about Aqib Tlaib as well. But you see those guys have been two of the best corners of kind of this era of yeah, football. Of this, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, you do, let's take a look at the list of the, of the top 40 times. John Ross leads the all-time in the NFL league with a 4-2-2. Then Chris Johnson, as I mentioned, who had a great career prior to injury. Ran a four two four. Then you got Dre Archer ran a four two six. Jerome Mathis. Then you got Marquis Marquise Goodwin, who's been a you know he's been. Uh, how do you say it? Would you say a hybrid? Uh, like he's been useful. Yeah, it, he has his moments. It's like yeah moments where it's like but it's not consistent. It's yeah. not consistent. So I mean, then from there you go to uh, Stanford Ruit. Y'all guys don't act like y'all know who that is. Tyrone Calico, I don't know who that is. Jalen Merrick, then JJ Nelson, you know. Yeah. But I mean, even him, he's hitting he miss. Hit miss. Yeah, yeah, he ran a four two eight. You know, then you got Jacoby Ford from Clemson. So I mean, he ran a four two eight. So I mean, the the list the, the list for a forty, it obviously points. Just because you run the fastest time in the forty, don't mean you're gonna be that great in the NFL. So. You know, but you know that's that's neither here nor there. That's not what I meant to discuss, but it is interesting to think of that. So, uh, going forward, we're gonna we're gonna definitely hit that draft up, you know, and give you further detail about that. Um, but I think it's enough football talk. Let's get into basketball. For that was a lot of football. Yeah, talk. yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting to talk. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to talk about football at all. Crazy. Yeah, it is. That is, man. Y'all, LeBron, man. LeBron, you know, his AR project come out tomorrow. Y'all going to be listening to it? I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah, Lee, you ain't going to give him a chance? No, I won't. I really really like 2 Chains a lot as an artist, so I'm going to check it out off the strength of uh, 2 Chains. LeBron A&R in it, I could care less about that. Uh, 2 Chains' last album was good. So I mean I I definitely check be checking it out, but I mean it just leads to another point though. I mean it just points to the to the I think it may be becoming more and more obvious of why LeBron came to LA. You know I I don't know if he came to really start a le- legacy or whatever, but I mean it just looked like he's in on a project. I got a notification earlier that he has a play coming out in twenty twenty. I mean, how invested is he in the Lake in Laker Nation? Like, how invested is he to make it to playoff? Or did he just move out here for his business ventures? I mean, it's 
for clear, you know, you can look at it. He looked out, he came out here for his business, man. And every time I see a report come out, oh, he got this coming out in 2020, some type of movie king or some type of play, you know, I saw that came out today. Then you got this, this you know, he's supposed to be recording uh, Space Jam this summer, you know, and they had official date and all that. So you look at, I mean, it's, it, we kind of kind of figured that, you know, it's for his son. It made sense, you know, he's getting a big, bigger basketball exposure. Uh, competition, you know, in, in L.A., and then as for his, his career, you know, his career after basketball, you know, so he made a smart move for himself, you know, but, you know, it's just kind of, it's tough because you look at his teammates, his teammates probably like, dang, man, is this dude really here for basketball? You know what I'm saying? That's the part that I don't like, that his teammates probably look at him like, man, this dude ain't here for basketball, he's trying to get his showbiz on, and, you know, I don't know, man. I just think he needs to, if he's going to do that, he needs to just continue to be the best player in the NBA. Uh, my my thinking, my thing on it, my whole take on it is, is partially piggybacking on the last thing you said, Delos, is that, you know, he just came out basically calling the team out and questioning the guys and saying, is basketball the most important thing for you, the most important thing in your life? Like, is that your... Pretty much saying is that your like sole focus or main focus at this point, but it's like you know you're saying that and, and maybe it is for him. Maybe he's able to balance all this stuff, but you're seeing all this other stuff come up. Um, and, and I mean we knew it, you know, when he was coming to LA, like we knew all of this other stuff was coming with it as well. Because if we were just looking plainly, just straight from a winning perspective. Really, Philly probably made the most sense. I know him and Ben Simmons could have clashed on the court as far as playing type of styles, but that probably made the most sense from a just what they had from a talent perspective and a winning situation. And so, um, you knew all this stuff was coming with LA. You see the whole Space Jam 2 is going to be, you know, coming out, I think, in what, 2020 or 2021, something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're set to be filming that. So, um, like you said, you know, it's the main thing of, you know, is his focus 100% there? Um, you know, we'll see as it continues to go along, as it continues to go along, but um it's hard for me to say that he's distracted or that winning is is not on the table for him when he's averaged 28 points since the All-Star break. Uh we watched every single game, you know, and we and we see that he needs a lot of help. BI's been doing everything he can. I think Kuzma's going to have to be. Kuzma's is playing pretty well. Yeah, I mean he played well last night, but you know, I guess the you know the, the game I saw Saturday when I went down there, uh, you know he wasn't he wasn't you know he wasn't playing like he needed to play. We need we need we need Kuz to put up. We need him to average about eighteen nineteen points a game. That's what he's doing though. No, I'm saying like consistently. Consistently, like you know, like last night he went off. And then against the Pelicans Saturday, he uh, I think he had with it like seven. Oh, let me see what he had. Yeah, I I, I think Kuz has actually been been playing better than what people are like realizing. I think Kuz, uh, the main thing is that the Lakers have been kind of like a three. Like, I mean, he had sixteen that night, which is two yeah. or three off from what you're talking about. I mean, but. You know, you go back from the Boston game, 25, 39, 19, 18, 16, 22, 22. And so what you got to look at to me with Kuz as well is that the way that B.I. has been stepping up, B.I. has kind of been assuming that number two role. So when you playing basically a number three, that's kind of what you yeah. can really expect. I, you I, look I, at what Chris Bosh had to do in sacrificing and being number three. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, I guess 
Yeah, but I mean, when when the rest of the team ain't doing nothing, he got, that number three gotta gotta really put out. But I mean, he has been playing well. Like I was bragging on him before, prior to it, but I was kind of irritated because that Pelicans game we really should have won. The other Pelicans game Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but sixteen eight and seven ain't bad though. On fifty percent shooting. As the number three man. That but night. I was, I mean, when I watched the game, I, I just feel like he could have been more aggressive. I, I, I can feel that. I can feel that. I can see but, that. Uh, but, you know, just like I was saying, you know, I, I mean, it's hard for to, for anybody to say LeBron's distracted, even with all the projects he got going on when he averaging 28 points, you know, 28-7-7. So, you know, I, I'm, I don't have anything to say about LeBron A&R on a project, even though I know he probably, you know, he probably, you know, gave advice here and there, but. You know, it ain't affecting his performance. I think that the rest of the team has to follow suit. And they have to, you know, find a way to step up. So, uh, Boston is on a slump, which us as Lakers fans is never unhappy in seeing. But, you know, more specifically, what's interesting is is, is Kyrie. It just seems like he's being, uh, it seems like he's becoming detached by the week. You know? <laughs> so, I mean... You know, with Boston, it's just crazy to see them on this decline of on this losing streak. But uh, I found I found it kind of interesting that Smart say they're not together, and then Kyrie come back and say that's that's uh, a that's his opinion. I I think I think it's more I think uh, Kyrie's gone after this after this song. I think he made it more obvious than ever. Yeah, I think this works in the the Lakers' favor, man. Like. You just look at the whole string of things, you know. Um, you know, either works in the Lakers or the Knicks' favor, you know. And I think again, like you said, Rob, he gone. You know what I'm saying? He gone. You know, you look at that team, the words he came out, the outbursts he had on the sideline recently, this slump that they're going to. Like unless they can turn it around and get to the championship game, I I think he's done. The chemistry is off. It just seems like. You know, like I don't know what it is. I just see it. Just seems like as if, like you know, either they just can't get behind Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? Like Kyrie, I don't know what it is. I don't feel like they can get behind him, and that's what's causing the problem and the, the chemistry issues. But I mean, like I said, it works in the Lakers' favor because again, you know, the Lakers haven't been playing the greatest. You know, they did win the other night against the Pelicans, but they haven't been playing the greatest. And you know, um, the Boston Celtics haven't been playing the greatest. So. You know, Kyrie's an upcoming free agent, so maybe they can get that that pairing again with LeBron and uh, Kyrie, and then 2020, you know, whoever the Pelicans trade into, you know, uh, you know, he eventually comes to us, and then they have that matchup where Kyrie and um, Anthony Davis can end up playing together for a long time after LeBron hangs it up and go into the movie biz. Yeah, I yeah, I I agree, man. And the thing about it is that, you know, Marcus Smart is not the first one to say it. We know Marcus Morris came out, you know, weeks ago or maybe months ago mm-hmm. and made comments about it. Um, so it just seemed like it's becoming kind of a toxic situation there. Um, and like you guys said, I really see Kyrie, you know, heading out of there after this season. I mean, you look at them coming into this year, I think it's, it's we can pretty much unanimously say we thought they were going to be the number one seed in the East, right? I mean, I think it's pretty safe and fair to say that. Um, and so, you know, you see them right now in the five spot in the East um, trying to battle. They may not even have home court at any point um, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, and so I just think that it, it leads to 
really kind of what piggybacking off Los was saying that you can almost see this pairing coming back together with Kyrie and LeBron. You see the frustration on Kyrie's end. You see LeBron has been echoing things and has been frustrated, which I think is going to maybe potentially cause LeBron to drop his pride and actually go and try to recruit Kyrie this offseason. So, you know, to me, it may be one of those situations where both of them are kind of seeing, you know, how it is with without each other being there. And it's a kind of situation where they're like, okay, maybe we should give this another shot. Maybe we should give it another chance. And so um, I think that's what may come of it. Um, but it, it's always kind of just to say it, being frank, it's kind of fun to see the Celtics struggle. I hope they continue to struggle. Of course. And I hope they lose in the first round. Of course. Of course. I couldn't agree with you. Anymore, man. Uh, it, you know, I think it's over with. Uh, like I said, I mean, Kyrie looks sick of it. You look at him on the bench, you just look sick of it. I think he, he might have bit off more than he could chew with this one. He wanted to have his own team. He wanted to be leader. Now, he even admitted that it's not as easy as it looks uh, as LeBron made it. So, hopefully, that reunion in L.A. will be great. That, that reunion will be great. Um it's been talk about uh, potentially uh, James Harden taking the MVP this year. Would y'all have an issue with that? I don't. I do. I do. I do. Yeah. Why? I definitely do, man. This is man. This dude been I, on a tear, man. Giannis is the MVP. That's to me. That's point yeah. Period. I think it goes to the. So you saying the Bucks is a better team than the Rockets? Yes. Yes, and they play the so? best team. The, the Bucks have the best record in the league. They have the best they are record in the, in the East, league. though. Huh? Oh, okay, in the East, but they have the best record in the league, and they play well you against top-tier You can't say that argument no more, man. Yeah. The East is not a bad. It's top-heavy. They're not as strong as the West, but they do yeah. have some teams over there that, that that's pretty much like title who? contenders now. It ends, at the, it ends at the Raptors to me. The Raptors are good. The Sixers are good. The Celtics are good. The of Celtics course, are good. I mean, they still are talented. Yeah, they're on the slump, but they're still a good team. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean it's, I'll put it, it this way. I, I say, how, how many teams I, in the West would you take over the Celtics? How many teams in the West? How many teams in the West would you take over the Celtics? I'll take Denver. I'll take... Let me look at the teams. You got Golden State, you got Denver. I'm not taking Portland over the, uh, the Celtics, even though, I mean, we know they play. No, so we know kind of what. <laughs> you just so did. Like, you I, did. I, I, I watched that game. I watched that game. In the playoff series. Let me look at this, man. Y'all, y'all are crazy, man. Bro, what, what we're trying to say is that you can't just call no. the East just you gonna a let cupcake me, You're going to let me do this. you asking me a question. I'm yeah. about to answer it. You can't just How call it a cupcake t- conference at this point. I'll take Oklahoma over Boston. You win? It's give or take. Give or take. It's possible. I'll take, no, Ro- take the Rockets over Boston. I wouldn't. You want to take the Rockets over, over Boston? I wouldn't. I, wouldn't. I look at it as a, I look at that, that question as a GM. If I'm looking at those rosters. I'll take I Denver, at, Golden State, at? OKC, and Houston nah, over them. Nah. Nah. Which one you don't yeah, agree man. with? Man, not OKC. Man, OKC. Third but, in the but, U.S. But, right but to, not, to not get too far off the point of what we were talking about, the East is just not a, a cupcake conference as it used to be. 
The Bucks, of course, that's the team that we're talking about. Toronto. Legit. Toronto is legit. The Pacers are still legit. They've still been playing great basketball, even with losing Victor Oladipo. The 76ers are legit. The Celtics are legit. The Nets, once they have gotten things together and start figuring it out, the Nets are pretty decent, pretty legit. So you look at six teams that I would say are solid. Then you look at the Pistons that still have talent on their, their roster. I'm not saying that they are a great team, but anytime you have Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, that's still decent talent with also Reggie Jackson being on that team as well. So what we're trying to say is that it's – the East is not a cupcake, and so to be at the top of the league and not just at the top of the East, but the top of the league, you know, by the margin that they are on top of the league, I mean, and Giannis is putting up, what is he putting up, like 28 and like 13 or 28 and 14 and like six assists or something, mm-hmm. and playing great defense, and that team is leading the league in defensive efficiency. And his second best player, don't get me wrong, Chris Middleton was an all-star, but it's not like... I mean, you don't just be like, when you're talking about these great players in the league, Chris Middleton is not a guy that just automatically comes to your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, you made it clear that you're on the Giannis, uh, Giannis bandway, but I don't, I don't, so I heard somebody say that the Bucks are going to the, the NBA Finals. Are y'all willing to go there for? I'm not willing to go there for Oh, get the get out of here! No, they not. But the Bucks always do good in the regular season. They always do good in the regular season, and when they get in the playoffs, what happens? But check it though, man. Giannis show up. You talking about MVP? MVP is a regular season award, and that's why I say. I think we just got off track of what our argument was. I do. You getting back to what we was talking about? MVP race. I think Jalen Harden has had the moments, and I think that he, you know, his streak, his 30-point streak, you know, I think with all of that, he's done more than enough to prove that he is deserving of that award. I do see where you're coming from with the Bucks, but I don't know. I think I think James Harden has done, done you know, you know, you think about Chris Paul out, and you mentioned Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton better than Eric Gordon. When CP3 was out, that's what CP3 was out for, like, what, 10, 15 games? Yeah, I mean, he was out for and, a, a really a long time. A long time. And what James Harden was able to do with that team, yeah. Eric Gordon, Chris Middleton is better than Eric Gordon. Yeah, I, I give you that. But the thing about it is, Giannis is, like I said, he, this guy is putting up, listen to this, 27, basically 13 rebounds and six assists. 27 points, basically 13 rebounds, 6 assists on 58% shooting. And he's playing good defense, so he's playing both sides of the ball. We know we repeatedly talk about James Harden not really playing defense or not really playing too well on that side of the ball. And the thing about it, like I said, he's doing all this while leading the team to the best record in the league. I think that that stands enough as an MVP resume. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying it's crazy if he got it, but I just feel like James did a little more. Make sure you follow us on the O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram. We're going to have our MVP rankings out really, really soon where we rank these MVP candidates because Paul George is definitely one of those yeah, guys, too. Top three, that's the top three, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely is up there. 
Uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, we can't talk about it enough. We devoted a majority of the episode about it. Um, I'm getting tired of him being demonized by by his fans, by the by his organization. He served him for seven years, and the New Orleans Pelicans did nothing to re- nothing to help the guy out. Um, they, you know, New Orleans always goes the cheap route. Uh, in ownership, and I, I'm speaking from as a Saints fan because, um, just like you, Los mentioned, like it's just it's just it's just too much to have one group managing two organizations, and you know that's why I fear for my Saints, you know. But you know, it's just you know I I just don't like how he's being demonized because prior to this, AD was never in the media for anything negative. Nobody had anything negative to say about this man. You know, if anything, AD carries himself off the court as being as a superstar, a megastar, I would say. You know, and he's never any type of controversy. And just because he's choosing to make his own decision and take situation in his own hand, he's being demonized. I, I can't stand it. I hate it. Yeah, the, the way I look at it, honestly, is that I think that, to me, it was a mistake from Rich Paul's perspective. And the reason why I say this is that I think that the route that they took this put AD in a bad spot. Normally, when you see these type of requests, this does happen after the season has ended. So this is typically an off-season thing. You don't typically too much see it happen you know, a year and a half out. It's normally the year out. You know, they're getting traded during the off-season. So it's not that kind of weird dynamic um, of a player publicly saying, I don't want to be here during the season and a team mm-hmm. having to deal with that. So I understand why they did it because, of course, they were trying to get him to the Lakers and they thought that if they executed this the right way, we won't have that bitter of the Celtics being there and we can force him to the Lakers during the season. But I think that's where the biggest misstep was. And I think that, you know, sometimes it is, is a little bit, you know, easy to oversimplify it when you aren't in the shoes of 100% being a fan. We all do like the Pelicans, you know, but we aren't. The Lakers are obviously our primary team. Yeah, I don't so like the Pelicans. Okay, Speak for all right, you don't like the Pelicans. But I think it's a different story when you are the fan and you are having this player saying that, hey, I don't want to be here, I want to go elsewhere type of thing. I think it's different when you actually are in those shoes. But to me, I think that Rich Paul kind of put AD in this position. I can see that. Yeah, but you know that that's just kind of that's just kind of my kind of my thoughts and my whole feel about it. I think it would have been a lot different had they just either done this in the off season. I'm talking about this past off season, or if they would have waited until this off season that's coming up to kind of do this. Doing it in the middle of the year kind of made it a, a tough and sticky situation yeah. all the way around. I don't think AD gonna end up in the Lakers jersey. I don't think so either. Yeah, they're gonna Not try- next year. Not next year. He might go on his own. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, I want to see what – I think it all depends on what Kawhi does indirectly yeah. because, I mean, we saw what Paul George decided to do. If I think if Kawhi does it and he stays put to where he got traded to in Toronto, which I feel like he has no reason yeah. to leave Toronto. But if he does – If he does leave. If he does leave, I think that – I mean, I think that if he stays more, I'm going to speak on that. And if, if he stays in Toronto, then more teams will be encouraged for trading for a superstar because they like, hey, 
if the OKC was able to convince Paul George to stay and if Toronto was able to convince Kawhi to stay, then we have a pretty good shot of making players stay. And I think that Kawhi ultimately will. I'm 80% sure he will stay because the Toronto Raptors, they just look too good. Yeah. They're built well. Yeah. And uh, he's, 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 he's head and shoulders better than DeMar. And, and, and you know that, that he makes their team different. So, it, and, and I, I'm throwing it, this out here right now. If that is the case, I wouldn't be shocked to see a team like Denver get in the AD sweepstakes. Hmm. Denver is a team that has a lot of young talent, Joking a lot of AD, young huh? assets that they could put on the block for a guy like Anthony Davis, and they may be a team. You that said sick, Denver, Denver, and they're a team. In my opinion, that you it you have to figure out a way once again to make the whole Jokic AD thing work. But if it could work, I mean, that's a contending team. That's you know. So, but Jokic and AD are a lot of the same type of player. If you same, yeah, it's still different. Jokic, Jokic they makes both can more shoot. Plays. They both can pass. They yeah, both but Jokic is more of a playmaker at that center position. And I, I guarantee you that whatever trade is made between New Orleans and Denver is going to involve Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I know that dude so tired of being traded. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I'm just, but getting back to what you were saying, it just gives the Pelicans so much more leverage. It if does. Kawhi does, in fact, stay. It does. And, it, and, and it, you know, ultimately I hated it, but, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for them to stay put and not make that yeah. trade because – and see, the thing is, too, what puts it in a certain position as well is that, all right, let's just say the Lakers do go out and let's just say get Kyrie or for some reason maybe Kawhi comes or something like that. It's not an easy route at that point to AD. It's, once you've used up that cap space, it's not an easy route to say, okay, we'll be able to have the, the you know available cap space for him to come and sign as a free agent or anything like that. So it's a situation where you do, you know, if, if we do sign a, a free agent this summer, it pretty much you're going to have to trade for Anthony Davis to make it work. You're not going to end up being able to have the cap um, at that point to be able to sign AD in 2020. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. So um, I think we just about wrapped up episode 32. Um, make sure you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure that you leave us leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. That's where we can be found. Thank you for listening. Shout out to the listeners. Um, still be on the lookout for our new content that's coming out on our Instagram and Twitter. Uh, again, that's O underscore Benchwarmers. And you can find all the, the great things in sports uh, pertaining to the draft since we're in draft season right now. Make sure that you check out that combine that's going on March first through the fourth. Y'all gonna be watching the combine? Mm-hmm. For sure. We'll catch a little bit of yeah. it. For sure. I want to watch the 40, 40 times. I, I ain't gonna lie, I'm a sucker for the forties too. After all that, we're talking <laughs> right? About, you know, you're a 40. No, yeah, I'm gonna be watching the forty. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the forty times. So I'll be, I'll be interested in that. Name, name a couple guys that y'all. Uh, that y'all want to see, you know how they perform. For me, it's Kyler Murray. I want to see, I want to see what he's gonna do. I want to see what his measurables are. Well, you know, his measurables. Well, they I, come out, but I'm he, talking about his measurables, like how you know how how does he throw? How does he's he not run? gonna throw at the combine? Oh, they it's official now. That's official now too. Oh man, he's just gonna wait. Yeah, he's not doing nothing but interviews, man. Nothing oh my interviews. gosh. And he, 
he got measured today and all that, and so man, I'm, I'm, he's dropping down on my board. Then he's he got something to hide. Yeah, he might be dropping on your board, but from from his measurements today, he's rising on people's drive boards. How's he right? He's scared to throw. He's rising because people fear it, it's. I guess not a huge thing, but the the thing to them between the difference of five nine and five ten is monumental to teams. And now that he measured out at five ten and one eight, which is really close to what Russell Wilson five Russell was five ten and I think five eight. They hand size was around the same thing, so they looking at nine. They mind Russell Wilson is that prototype. Now we can officially compare Kyler to that, and thinking that Kyler also may have a little bit more speed than Russell Wilson, so. You know, I think he's actually going to shoot up boys now, actually, from that. And the thing is, you know, he's going to be able to control, like you were talking about, what he does at Pro Day, and he's going to be able to showcase, you know, himself at his best. And I don't know. I think it's going to honestly work out for him. I know we're wrapping the pod up, but I always think that's interesting. When they always compare these players because their size and stuff to other players that's successful in the NFL, that's not often. You know, you got maybe – three, four players that's under that height that does well, you know, and that's like, what well, Drew Brees, you know, Baker Mayfield, and, you know, you don't have that many players that do well at that size. And, and, and another thing I want to touch on in that is, yes, Russell Wilson does well, but where, where Kyler Murray is being talked about is the first round. Russell Wilson went in, like, the third round. You know what I'm saying? Like, do teams want to invest yeah. that type of pick in a player at that size, you yeah, know, I'm starting like, a pause right now. I, I wrapped it up, man. Hold on, hold on. Just, just right quick, just right quick to, just to chime crazy. in, kind of, because we kind of talked about a, a similar thing off air. I think once that prototype has been set and they've seen somebody be successful, now people feel that that prototype can be a first round pick, even though it wasn't established when Russell Wilson came along. Now they feel we've seen the success of Russell Wilson. Now we're seeing what Baker Mayfield can do and has done at that number one pick. So now they feel that that prototype can be successful. Fair enough. And so Fair that's enough. why I think that it's, it's possible. Okay, guys, let's say that's a whole other pie. We'll say that for something. Let's say that for our draft pie, guys. <laughs> Golly, man. Y'all just, man, when y'all get going, man, y'all can't stop. Y'all, shout out, shout out to the listeners. Thank y'all for listening. Um, make sure you follow us on all underscore bench ones. Check out our draft content. We're very passionate about it, as you can see. Uh, until next time, we are gone. We are out of here. We'll be back. I don't know when we're going to be back. We usually back every week, but, yeah. you know, it just sounds cool when you say you don't know. But Keep it on the edge of their seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank y'all. Out of here. Later.